have I done? I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. You're a lady. You're lots of lady. You're once, twice, twenty times a lady. I like you. Very much. <laughs> Uh, apart from the smoking, and the drinking, and the vulgar mother, and the verbal diarrhea. No, I like you very much. Just as you are. Hello, welcome back. Um, I'm here with my friend Sandra, and we are talking about one of her favorite movies, one of my favorite movies. It's called Someone Great. It is a Netflix original, and Sandra, when I posted about this, I was supposed to record this like a month and a half ago, I think. And um, I did not because I got fired on the day I was supposed to record. So, <laughs> so naturally, recording a podcast was not at the top of your list. No, the only thing that was in my future that day was getting drunk and crying. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, I was like, I'll push it off. I'll, like, I'll do it later. I'll do it after my um, To All the Boys month and whatever. And then I was like, wait a second. This is Sandra's favorite movie. She tweets about it all the time. She's always <laughs> posting on her Snapchat story. I need to have her talk about it. So here she fucking is. Here I am. Literally probably would not record a podcast with anyone else besides the biracial booty. But <laughs> this is my all favorite movie. Like, I discovered this movie. A friend showed me this movie. And it instantly became one of those, like, comfort movies for me mm -hmm. like I could put this on in the background or I could put this on and sit and watch it and like laugh at every line mm -hmm. which is funny because it's it's hysterical but it's also heartbreaking oh yeah which is a point that I will make in my what is good about a rom-com that's true <laughs> um so we're gonna start with our top fives um Sandra as the guest you get to go first so you can hit me with your number one favorite thing about this movie okay I think my number one, I, if I have to pick my number one favorite thing in general about the movie is mm -hmm. that I feel like it's very realistic. I yes. feel like the dialogue is not mm -hmm. cheesy and mm -hmm. like, I'm not rolling my eyes at it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's stuff me and my friends have said to each other. I feel like it's situations me and my friends have been in. And I'm not like sitting there like, yeah, this could never be me. That would never be my friends. Like, I feel like it's very, very, very realistic. But my favorite moment is the supercut with the supercut playing in the background. I, I mean, like, that is the true chef's kiss moment of this movie. This movie opens with one of the greatest songs of all time, possibly. I don't know. It's a great I fucking song. Self of this movie is is stellar, but it just, Lord, she can do no wrong. She's so great. She ha is she doing something soon? I hope so. I feel like it. I feel like it's just been like a little bit too long that we haven't like seen or heard or gotten any music from her so I'm like is it brewing is this a Taylor Swift situation I was gonna say I'm hoping it's like a Taylor Swift moment <laughs> hoping it's a Taylor Swift moment where she just is gonna in like three weeks you're just gonna be like here you go here's what I've been doing for the past year <laughs> will be like a blue square and we're gonna have to like zoom in to like various corners to try and piece together the message of then no one's gonna figure it out no. and then all of a sudden on Spotify it's just gonna be like number one yeah so Lord, number one across all platforms. Oh, she's stellar. Um, I agree with the, the realistic, the realism, 
the realisticness yeah. of this movie. <laughs> um, I think, like, I watched it again today because I was like, you know what? I need to get fresh in the memory. And it's so rewatchable. It is so easy to rewatch. And I just, the way, like, Gina Rodriguez, like, like, she's like, me, like, the way she talks, like, delivers her lines, I'm like, I do that, like, I put on funny voices, and, like, I pout at my friends when I don't get what I want, like, she's playing, like, a normal, I guess she's 29 in the movie, but, like, I feel like any 20-something-year-old woman can relate to the things that she does. And that's another thing I really like about it, it's not, like, either... 30 and 40 something year old women and it's not high schoolers mm -hmm. like I feel like I've been I'm dying for a movie that's just about like girls in their 20s like mm -hmm. I've, I feel like I don't have that movie I didn't at the time didn't have that movie that I like absolutely loved that I felt like I could relate to until I saw this movie mm -hmm. like she's established in herself and her career but she still has those like ledges to climb like in herself which is nice and she makes mistakes yes she makes the wrong decisions and her friends call her out on it which i just like so many times in in rom-coms especially i'm like is no one gonna say something is no one gonna be like girl get it together right. a lot of the times they're like rooting for they're like yeah chase after this mediocre guy and i'm like no red mm -hmm. flag red like, flag that's not how friends react which leads me to my number one which is the female re friendship representation in this movie. Blair, Aaron, and Jenny are like classic best friends. Yes. Like the way that Blair and Aaron just know that Jenny got broken up with by seeing her Instagram story. They're like, oh, like that couldn't have happened. And they get a phone call and they're like, ooh, no. I'm painless. Fuck. As the <laughs> FaceTime call comes in. <laughs> <laughs> like skills have been pieced yeah. together they're like fuck shit it did happen like the they are so intuitive and they like know what she needs but at the same time like they they literally just dropped everything to spend this entire day with her which another of my favorite moments i had a really hard time putting these moments in order i did pick five but one of my favorite moments is when Jenny <laughs> and Aaron show up at Blair's place of work to try and get her to leave. And they <laughs> say that her aunt died. <laughs> the co-worker's like, Aunt Camille? Was it Aunt Camille or Aunt Denise? Wait, no, don't tell me. It's too devastating. <laughs> it's so funny to me that, like, I relate to Blair on a personal level. She's a social media marketing extraordinaire. She's kind of prissy, but, like, we'll go over along with, like, what her friends do. And, like, watching her do, like, marketing work and, like, her friends don't understand it. I'm like, that's yep. my life. Relatable. <laughs> like, it makes no sense to anyone else. But I'm like, but the hashtags. They make Hashtag rollout or the rollout of the hashtag. Both. No, <laughs> they're both important. <laughs> uh, I just, I love... And we'll get into this a little bit more when I just talk about, I don't think this is a rom-com, but a staple in this genre of movies I've coined as breakup cons is the female friendship aspect. Because like you were saying, in rom-coms, the friends are kind of just like, yeah, yeah, like go after the guy, do right. what you want. But in breakup comms, it's a lot more reliant on the female friendship to get over the breakup. And so... It just, it makes me happy because it makes me think of my friends. I'm like, that's what my, my friends would ditch their jobs if I got broken up with after nine years. 
And see, I think that's important in a romantic comedy. You have to be able to relate to it in some way or you're not going to want to watch it. Exactly. So good. Um, So that's my number one. Do you have a number two? You know, I say number two. These don't have to be in order. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just going to... Ranking them is hard. Yeah. Um... Another one of my absolute favorite moments in this movie is the breakup scene between Will and Blair. I'm sorry, just the the, the part where he gets up from the ch- the table and starts clenching his butt cheeks at her before he walks away. That is such a white man. That is such a white man's move. That little, just a little flex before I walk out. As he's walking to go clean the rest of her apartment and she has to tell him to stop. He's like, yeah, good call. My, the first time I ever watched this, I was like, oh, this boy's going to be heartbroken. Like, she's about to rip his tiny, precious little sim part into a million little pieces. And she's like, are you happy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course I'm happy. And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, oh my God, thank God me either. Like, you could tell... They just weren't meant for each other. He had in his face. It, and, like, he was such a good actor in this movie. What's that? I can't remember his name, but... Alex Moffat. He was, Mof- he was great. Oh, my God. When he's, like, he, like, walks by and he, like, starts kissing her neck and Blair is, like, cringing. <laughs> it's... And Erin later does the same thing to her when she's leaving them. She's like, bye, Blair. I'm like, see, my friends would do that to me. It is peak white couple content. <laughs> But again, realistic. Yes. It, it's so fucking funny. And I love about this movie that there's three very different relationships. Like you're what? seeing the ends of two relationships and the beginning of a relationship, but it's the two ends are wildly different. It's right. Blair and her boyfriend are, or Blair and, yeah, Blair and her boyfriend are just not meant for each other. And it's no. not sad, like in the slightest. Whereas Jenny and Nate, it's soul crushingly sad. Right. And Jenny doesn't even really want to break up. That's no. also interesting to me. Like, they break up. She doesn't want to break up. But Blair, she's been wanting this for a while, just really won't even admit it to herself until yeah. like halfway through the movie. She's like, peace, bye, it's over. Whereas Jenny's like literally on the verge of tears the entire day. Like, they got broken up with. It's so heartbreaking. And, like, her flashbacks throughout the whole day, just, like, oh, yeah, it it really does. Some of them really do get you choked up. And then you're, like, dying laughing five minutes later. Mm -hmm. It just jumps cuts to, like, RuPaul. You're like, oh, wipe my tears. The teeny tiny chihuahuas that RuPaul has are the cutest dogs on the fucking planet. I want, how do I hire those dogs? I know they're working actors. They're I know so small. <laughs> Can you come to my birthday party? That's what I want to know. They're teeny tiny and they wear tutus. I don't know if I've ever seen a dog that small. Oh my God. It's absurd. Thousand pound sisters. No. You have to watch it. Amy and Tammy, they're the fucking hilarious. And Amy has a dog named Little Bit. And they make it the ring bearer at her wedding and they put it in a dress with a tutu with the rings attached and it goes down the aisle. I have never, I've never been so happy in my life. Dogs <laughs> a tiny, tiny dog in a, in a tutu with 
being a ring bearer. I mean, what more could you ask for at your wedding? Gods and tutus might be the best thing yeah. on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. I will take dogs in, in dresses and, and any media. Any of them. <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I digress. Speaking of uh, um, the flashbacks, my, one of my favorite moments is when Nate says, I love you for the first time. Oof. It is so, I, let, let me be clear. I've never been in a relationship. No man has ever said I love you to me. However, I could put myself into that moment. I was, it, they were just having a normal conversation, trying to figure out what to order for dinner, and he just drops, and I love you, and she does not respond right away because she's kind of very, she's very flustered. She's not even kind of flustered. She's very flustered. And it's, like, normal, I get. Like, it's not, like, it doesn't feel scripted. Like, it's really awkward and uncomfortable. It's realistic. Gina Rodriguez really, like, plays on that in this scene. Like, I f- it feels like very natural conversation. It doesn't feel like, oh, here, read this line, read this line, you look at him. Like, it feels very much like a scene that just played out, that they just... Mm-hmm is why I just I love this movie so much like it doesn't feel like I'm sitting there and I'm like okay here comes the cheesy I love you forever like it very much is ingrained in through the whole movie like slowly over time like you really see the relationship but like even in that scene like you see him realizing it like um what's it, his Lakeith is his name Lakeith. in his face like watching her just like sitting and like it's it's and like you want her to say it back you're like screaming like oh my god and she finally does she falls into the shower in which he hits his head which i think is another like who who (laughs) wouldn't be shocked by someone showing up in your shower (laughs) even if it is your girlfriend (laughs) like he was not expecting that he just got low-key rejected (laughs) and now he's just trying to jam out in the shower Loki rejected, tried to cover up, and said, no, I don't love you. Wait, no, I love you. And then took a shower. (laughs) Which, as someone who is probably going to say I love you way too early by accident, relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I use the word love just... Willingly. So willingly. Like, I don't actually love you. I just love the word love. It's like, why, why, why is it there if not to use? Right. <laughs> At least that's my opinion. <laughs> should, I, should I not be saying it to everyone I meet? Exactly. <laughs> I love this jacket just as much as I love my Starbucks baristas. I do love my Starbucks baristas. Let me tell you, I have not one ugly Starbucks barista in my area. Not one. It's like exciting pulling up to the window. It's like who, which hot person am I going to get this time? It really is exciting and not much exciting in in where I live. I I live in a very boring area. (laughs) So (laughs) my Starbucks baristas are so hot and they know me by name. (sighs) See, I'm waiting to get to that. And I'm like, fall in love with me. (laughs) I don't know what they look like from here down. I don't, I don't, I, they have masks on, so I can only see their eyes, but they're hot. 
though, when I'm like, I'm about to pull up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't get my mask on. I have my hat, my glasses, my mask. I'm like, you can see the bridge of my nose, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hi, can you scan my, my phone? <laughs> Please give me my $7 latte. As I stutter because you're so attractive <laughs> and I don't know how to talk to people who are hotter than me. I don't. I now have to mobile order because I'm too nervous to go inside and talk to them. Ooh, see, I always forget about that. I just am really, sometimes I'm just too lazy to get out of the car and I just like, I'm just going to do the drive through and I, I don't want to get out. That's, that's very fair. But also I'm like, if I, if I wanted to wear a good fit, like that would be the perfect time to use mobile ordering. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm going to have to walk in to pick it up the, and then I get to see multiple because usually you only see one person at the yeah. drive window. So like, better. Generally, to- the only time I get fits off is to go pick up my mobile. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing anything. Anything other than sweatpants and and comfy shirts at this point. No. 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 I'll sometimes I'm like, oh, I should go to Starbucks. Let me put jeans on. And fancy. Oh, <laughs> uh, peace, love, hot Starbucks baristas or any hot barista. I'll take them all at any coffee establishment. Um, so yeah, that Nate saying I love you, it, it's such a good scene. And it's a great, I feel like, indicator of their relationship. Yeah. It, like, it really just shows, like, not the, it's just not, like, a power dynamic, but, like, for him to have been the first person to say I love you, but also the one to, like, end it is, like, interesting to me. Not a common trope you see. Yeah. I feel like it's usually the woman saying I love you first, or... And the guy not saying it back. Yeah. So a little different. And I mean, this was what this was written, written English, written and directed by a woman. A woman, so. And you can tell. <laughs> you can always tell when rom-coms are written, directed by women. Because they're funnier <laughs> and they're better. <laughs> and the men are normal. <laughs> oh my God. That I, um, is what I'm going to say my number three is, is that this movie is genuinely funny. It's funny without being offensive, which is like one of my things that I, you need to have in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many of these like, quote unquote, classic rom-coms that I'm just like, I can't get past the offensive stuff or the misogyny mm-hmm. or the terrible message. Like I just, I can't get past it enough to watch it and be like, wow, I'm, I feel so loving. Like I want a relationship now. Like I, I just can't get past it. I think you have to be a very good writer to be funny without being offensive. It's so easy to just make fun of people. I make fun of people. It's very easy to make fun of people, but to make a genuinely funny film and not make fun of anyone to the point of offense is like, that takes skill and takes talent. Yeah. And to be able to also hear the same joke multiple times and still think it's funny, still laugh about it, and also, like, still be able to remember it and quote it, that to me is, like, Mm -hmm. key in, like, a good movie. Mm -hmm. Is, like, to be able to go back and never be sick of, like, those same jokes over and over again. Or to be like, hey, like, you have to watch this movie. And then you say all the jokes the Mm -hmm. whole time before they can even get to it because you're just so excited. Like, there's so many comedies that I'm just, like, you just you chose violence and made a movie about it. Like, no, it's not fun to watch offensive movies. I am over. It's 2021. Like get new material. 
I'm not an incel, so yeah. I don't find that funny. I, I don't need to be making fun of women on every other fucking scene. Like, that's just not a thing I need anymore. No, I don't. I don't need that in my life. I, I have like, to deal with that daily. Yeah. <laughs> Living in the body of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your fat phobic jokes. I don't need your female jokes. I don't need, like, any of that shit because my life is that shit. And it's just so funny. Side noting for things that are actually funny without being offensive, the show The Mick with Caitlin Olsen, a whole ass fat character, not one fat joke in two whole seasons. I was shocked, shocked, and that's that's disappointing. That's disappointing that I'm shocked by that. But I just kept waiting for it. I just kept waiting for it, and I'm like. I felt so uncomfortable being like, I'm waiting for a fat joke to happen. But I'm like, I want it to happen so it'll be over. Yep. But I'm, and then it never came. You want to know why? Because it's not funny. And the show was funny. Like, and I'm not, over it. Not, shame on you. Shame on you, Fox. But I was like, I, it was so weird being like, wow, I'm waiting for someone to make a fat joke. Because it's just so expected. Which means you should stop doing it. Because it ain't funny. It just isn't. It's overdone. Over it. This movie, however, no fat jokes. No. There's no fat characters either, but there's no fat jokes. It's okay. Quell for another time. (laughs) This, This movie, though, is fucking hysterical. Like, when you hear what the plot of the movie is, you're not thinking, oh, this movie in which this couple of nine years breaks up and it's the day of her dealing with her grief. You're not, you're not thinking that's funny. No. It's hysterical. It has so many great one-liners. I think I've tweeted about this before, but like, it is generally one of those movies where I'm like, it is up to par with like Mean Girls, for me at least, it's up to par with like a Mean Girls or mm-hmm. like a Heathers where it's like, it's a comedy, a little bit sad, mm-hmm. but like it comes back around at the end. Mm-hmm. But there's so many memorable lines that you just can't stop thinking about. The whole bad Blair, that the bad Blair concept coming in throughout the whole entire movie, that plot line alone is genius. And genius. coming back to the realistic thing, you have a friend that is that person. Yes. Like, you know the friend <laughs> that you've had a friend that has an alter ego. They don't smoke. They don't drink a lot. They don't uh, party as hard as like everyone else. But then once every two months from their library cave. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I fucking party. I drink like the best of them, but. But. (laughs) In comparison to some people. One of my favorite one-liners from this movie is, Blair, did you do drugs with the study abroad kids in the bathroom again? <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, uh. Blair? Fucking love Blair in this movie. She's she's great. And maybe it's because I relate to her so much. Who's gonna say? Her whole brand is very you. I love her brand. Uh, on the going back to Blair. Mostly because I love her outfit and like her two outfits that she wears. The one of my favorite things about this movie, the fucking outfits. Yeah. They're only ever in like three outfits. 
because it's only over the course of like 24 hours but they're so cute <laughs> they really they did what they could with what they had they really did they said all right we're filming this movie as if it takes place in one day we're gonna fit in that oh, great montage scene of them all getting dressed right before neon classic mm -hmm. great so so fun i'm like this feels like i'm getting ready to go out for a party in college i I was watching it today and I was like, I need to go out. I'm not oh. going to be able to go out for the next three years at this fucking point, <laughs> but I, I need to throw all my clothes everywhere. I need to take tequila shots with my friends and I need to go out. I need to be hitting my vape pen while someone puts glitter on my eye. Why is it not happening? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we live in America. <laughs> Where nothing gets done. Why couldn't we live in Australia? Yeah, they're all going to the club. They're having a great time. There's a set of three girls, probably right. What time is it in Australia right now? It's probably like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They're coming home from the bar. They're they're living my dream. They really are. And it's like I if I want to, if I wanted to be really irresponsible, I could hop on a plane and go right now. But you know what? I know not irresponsible. I care about other people. I'm wearing my mask. And flights are expensive. <laughs> I mean, one plus about this year is that unemployment has been hitting. I didn't get unemployment, but yes. I will take your money. <laughs> Give me all of the money. Didn't get a stimulus check, didn't get unemployment, but it's fine. I'm happy for other people. I you as a dependent. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's I live so in a like, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fine. I guess you did pay for my fucking home for a year. <laughs> Whatever. I, mean, I appreciate it. Timmy from me, it's okay. <laughs> I also was employed for this entire time except for, like, two months. <laughs> like, I really have no right to complain about it. But. But I'm gonna complain about it. Because <laughs> it's fucked up. Anyways, my favorite outfit is Erin's outfit for Neon Classic. It's a red denim miniskirt with a matching red crop denim jacket and a, I think it's a white tube top, tank top, crop top situation. Oh, yes. I know that people can't see me because it's a podcast on a video, but I'm currently wearing a cropped denim jacket and a white tube top. <laughs> Bodying the Aaron spirit. And I had a skirt on earlier. <laughs> I've since put the sweatpants back on. Good for you for putting on a skirt, honestly. I got new boots and I was like, I need to see the boots in action. <laughs> the yeah, boots yeah, weren't going to go over sweatpants. <laughs> you kidding? It was, I, it needed, it was a vibe, it was a moment, but I'm back into the sweatpants mode. But that outfit. I, I love, <laughs> um, Jenny's outfit um when they're the one that they are going when they're walking across like New York basically and they mm -hmm. stop at Blair's um mm -hmm. Blair's office and Erin <laughs> says it looks like Liz Lemon fucked a Salvation Army <laughs> and when I first see when I first saw that outfit I was like damn I would wear that it's like the jean jacket I do with wear that outfit Latina AF sweatshirt but it's like in that style of but the, um, the, the plastic bag with the red and white writing. Mm -hmm. And it has like the sweats with like the uh, 
fleece tied around her waist. And I'm like, I would wear that. I, I, I would wear that today. And then she's like, you look like Liz Lemon, fuck the Salvation Army. And I'm like, ooh, really? That bad? I, I wear that outfit all of the time. And she just keeps getting roasted for it. Like I, as I'm wearing like the beanie that the exact beanie that she has on in the outfit, I'm like, what? Like it's a cute outfit. Sorry, you can't rock the casual fit. It's not my fault. This pandemic has shown me that I just I can't care what I wear. I just can't. I spent too many years of my life scrutinizing myself for what I wear, and, and I'm just like. No, everyone is go- is just living their worst life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what you look like. You should really not care what I look like. Mm-hmm. God, I hope. If truly, 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 if you judge someone's outfit in like, like, obviously we can judge people's outfits. If you're See, judging someone's outfit that hardcore and like you're like hating someone because of it, you're a fucking asshole. Also, I don't like want to be associated with you. That's another thing I've really yes. had to learn, especially over this like pandemic times where like, you really are socially isolated. Is that like, if I am like getting these ick vibes, if I'm mm-hmm. getting the yellow and red flags, why am I going to keep pushing it? Mm-hmm. I-, I have no excuse. I have no mm-hmm. reason to push through the ick. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say no. I don't have the energy for that. Mood. But I, it, it really did take me like being locked down for a year to be like, hmm, maybe don't pursue ick. If you are still friends with me right now, a year later, you made you made the cut. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> guess what? There were some cuts. <laughs> Sarah, I made some cuts. I made some high school cuts that needed needed even as of as as of this week as of this week i was still doing chops people just really keep offending yeah they just want to keep their mouths shut a lot of things happened this year that i was like "Mm, maybe you shouldn't be my life and then on top of that i was like i'm alone and not once have i been like oh i missed that person yes yes that was a big reality check oops so cuts. We're skimming the fat. We're skimming. Sorry about it. That that is big. As someone who like worries about everything, suddenly I wasn't worrying, and I was like, "Oh, is this growth? Mm-hmm. We're I growing." Think, I think. I love this for us. <laughs> love this for us. Amidst all the chaos, like there was growth, and I I can appreciate that. We learned things this past year. For we better really- for worse. <laughs> Hopefully for I- better. Mostly for better like very off guard i don't remember whose turn it is but i do have i do have i, another said, I said outfits so now it's your turn <laughs> i said outfits that how we got from outfits to that i do not know i don't know either i lost track but i'm usually it's usually me it's usually me who's gone so off track i just can't stop talking but my other favorite moment of this is when they're going to mikey's apartment the first stop to trying to get the tickets and I think, is it Jabuki? Um, I think so. Is the actor's name. And he's on like a hoverboard the entire scene. He gets out of a kiddie pool and gets onto a hoverboard. 
in one of his first questions after asking their names is, um, what Harry Potter house are y'all in? <laughs> to which one of my other favorite one-liners is Blair responding, I technically identify as a Slytherin with a Ravenclaw moon. <laughs> which, accurate. <laughs> which I is think. totally true. Totally. Yeah. And also, the guy that sleeps on the couch hugging the basketball and he just keeps getting closer and closer to Blair on the couch and she's literally like squirming to get away from him and he's just like nuzzling closer to her basketball in hand. There's so many things happening in the scene and my favorite part is that Mike looks like a fucking 12 year old. Literally looks like a child. He looks so young and he's giving them drugs trying to sell them expensive tickets, lives in this big-ass house in New York. It's fucking hysterical. The whole thing's hysterical. And he starts, like, he's, he's like, uh, a lot of people ask me, like, how I can afford a place like this. Well, my parents bought it for me two years ago before I cut them off completely. Then he's like, then he's like you can smoke anything you see on the table. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> like, I want a movie that's honestly just them in that house. For like however long they're there. Agreed. And I also want a movie um, featuring other nights that they have been to RuPaul's apartment because it seems like they've made the rounds there mm -hmm. a few times when they've had a couple extra bucks. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I know that college playlist came out a couple of times. So I would love to see spinoffs. I love that playlist, which the soundtrack of this movie is so fucking good and just like the way they use music in the movie anyways like jenny's job is obviously to write about music but they really like you can tell music is such a big part of her personality that they use it to show like when she's sad when she's happy like all of these things but the songs they picked not a single one of them bad not a single bad song listen to like the the movie soundtrack as an album it's and totally happy supercut two lizzo songs two lizzo songs and not only that lizzo like the dance scene where she's like in her underwear like right after the breakup and aaron walks in the door like that seamless transition from like having it playing overhead to then her singing and then aaron coming in and then they're singing and dancing together and then like I can't remember the name of it, but like their song mm -hmm. that 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 came, that came on like right after, and she like immediately just gets so sad. Like, oh, brilliant! I love it. It's so good. Karaoke by Lizzo. It's Big Frida and Lizzo, I think. Yeah, that song gets me fucking going. <laughs> I frequently dance along to this movie. My hips are shaking. <laughs> it's. Just bop after bop after bop after bop. It makes me want to go out dancing. Ugh, it's so good. All the songs. Yeah, it really, and honestly, one of my favorite scenes, which is like another one I'm jumping around, but my, my favorite moment, like one of my top favorite moments in this movie is when Jenny and Nate see each other from across the club as the Jesse Reyes song plays. And she like mouths, I love you. It, oh. It's so painful. That is it's so good. Every time. And that's, uh, I think it's important. You gotta cry. You gotta cry in a rom-com. It's, 
And that one really hits me because it goes from the flashback of them breaking up in real, like breaking mm-hmm. up and her like going to kiss him and him like getting away from her. And she's like sobbing. And then it transitions to her in the club. Oh, pain. It's, so much pain. It's such a painful movie. Yet so happy and upbeat at the same time. Yeah, but I love that. It really, able to do that in a movie, I think is so difficult. To it's have incredible. With laughter one minute and then literally feeling so deeply for a character that I'm crying the next mm-hmm. minute. Like, clearly written by a woman. <laughs> she gets it. She understands. <laughs> we are all over the place on our I'm so sorry. numbers. It's fine. Um, but on that topic, one of my all-time favorite scenes is not the ending-ending scene, but, like, the second-to-last scene where she's, like, on the train to Washington Square Park, and she's kind of, like, writing, like, a letter to Nate in her journal, and then she's talking to him, quote-unquote, but it's, like, it's not real. Like, she's, like, making the whole thing up in her head. It is so... I've said painful so many times. It's so painful, <laughs> but so like beautiful because it's like her like almost like finally coming to like terms with the fact that like it's fucking over like nine years of my life like with the person that I love but also like I can still love them we're just not gonna be together and I will say it the the rom-com trope kind of duped me the first time I watched this movie and I was like she's really gonna do it she's really gonna meet him and get back together with him and I was like rolling my eyes preemptively mm-hmm. at this the ending that I had created in my head based on you know what other rom-coms were and I was so 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 pleasantly surprised with the way that it ended and especially with the way that the poem was going I'm like she's really gonna write this a beautiful ass like piece of writing like and then get back together with his ass. Really? I was going to be mm-hmm. so mad. Like, this was for what? You wrapped it up nicely. I Especially think... with the young college kid puking as they're leaving. <laughs> and, really, like, that moment really just, like, ropes you back. Like, it's so depressing. And then it's like, oh, nope, this is a comedy still. Like, we're, we're laughing like... again. Exactly what would happen. Like that is so, it's so realistic to me. Like they're in Washington Square Park. Someone's gonna be doing some weird shit right next to them. I wouldn't be surprised if someone would come up to them being like, "Hey, can you take a picture of me and my friends?" <laughs> like you have five dollars for a Sprite at McDonald's. You look upset, but like, could you just like take a picture of me and my friends? <laughs> We're like only here for like two days. Like, We're from like Milwaukee. I don't know why I'm doing this accent and saying they're from Milwaukee, but <laughs> it works. Trying to sound like New Yorkers <laughs> and failing miserably in this thing that I made up in my head. But I think one of my favorite things about rom coms is for my mental health, they all end in the same way. They all end happily. They always get together. I know what's going to happen. But this movie, like, it, they couldn't, they should not get back together. Like, that, like, it was written well. Because if they got back together, I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we I just went. A lot of rom-coms. A yeah. lot of rom-coms leave me feeling that way. Like, wow, I'm disappointed that 
she ended up with him. But I also think that is bad writing. Like, I think, yes. like, the storyline leads to that, where you're like, oh, yes. come on, you're ending up with him? Yes. Like, so I'm like, you really, like, you, you're gonna forgive him for all that shit? Like, <laughs> we're just gonna ignore all that? But As someone who tends to be overly forgiving, just to, like, ignore the problem, whoops. I see myself a little bit too hard. Yes. It's the mirror effect right there. Yeah, it's not great. It's but, um, uh, yeah, the ending of this movie is one of, like, the redeeming, I mean, the whole thing's obviously redeeming, but it's one of the more redeeming factors of this movie because, and I also like that it's only one day. Like, realistically, yeah. they could get back together in, like, a month or, like, a week, like, before she leaves. Like, they could have a conversation about it. But in this one day in which this film exists, like, it does not make any sense for them to get back together. And it's just, it's just that snapshot. You get, mm -hmm. like, the pieces from her memory mm -hmm. from the past, but it really is just that one day and, like, the three of their stories and how they all kind of seem to come together slash unravel on the same day. This is one very stressful day for the three of them. Yeah, I mean, she, like, the whole thing is about this new job and her being a writer and, like, she she doesn't even move. Like, it, they only focus on this one part after the breakup, which I'm just, like, they could have they could have gone all the way throughout until when she moves out and then they're doing the long distance and it doesn't work. But I, I just really like the way that, the way that they wrapped it up in the end. It was a good, it was a good ending. It was, it was really good. Um, I think that's all five of mine. I don't know if you've said five. Yeah, I think it's all five of mine for sure. That's it. Yeah. Well, we'll just... <laughs> we've, that was our top five. <laughs> like, looking back through my, my notes. <laughs> <gasps> I don't know. Um, some random thoughts I had while watching this movie today. I've, always, I've watched this movie so many fucking times. And something that I think about every single time I watch it is the amount of substances that they consume <laughs> in this... 24-hour period. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking that the, the last time I watched it, which was, like, earlier today, I was like, how? Because the very, the scene where, like, they're, they're rolling on Molly at that point. Mm -hmm. Aaron is about to tell the girlfriend that she loves her, and she puts the headphones in Blair's ear. She's like, I can feel the seasons changing. It really hit me. I was like, they have smoked multiple joints. Uh-huh. They have taken Molly. Uh -huh. They've drank uh -huh. multiple points yep. of the night. How are they even alive? How are they even functioning? Not once do these girls even act drunk. <laughs> and they've Jenny had like an entire it. bottle of whiskey or what? It was some sort of mysterious brown liquid. And then they have mimosas, and then they're doing tequila shots before the concert. I'd be dead. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it past 1 p.m. on this. As rate. a proud and self-proclaimed lightweight, I would not have survived. I would not have survived past brunch. No. I'd have, one, I'd have that one green juice mimosa she makes, and it would have been out. <laughs> I would have been having a great time. That's my thing about being a lightweight. You spend less money, you drink less, and you have just as much fun as everyone else. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but, oh, it, I, I, want, I felt sick. 
Yeah. I feel sick a little bit. Yeah. And once you realize how much they're doing, you're really like, oh, oh boy. This is one singular day. Yeah. <laughs> I smoke so many joints. I, I don't, I think I, I, I think I lost count at some point because there's multiple that come yeah. up. It's a lot. It's In a big montage alone. I think there is a couple. Yeah. It's big. It was just, that's something I think about every time I watch this movie. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot, a lot of things happening to their bodies. They're going to feel that the next day. Maybe that's why we can't get a multiple. It only takes place one day because they're dead the next day. I mean, Erin and, and Jenny do take a nap. They do. In the middle of the day. So that definitely has to help. Poor Blair didn't get to nap. No, Blair was too busy hooking up with her bestie's ex Ooh. to get the tickets. Can I just say? I would not have been as forgiving. I'm going to throw that out there. I agree. And also, this man is one of the creepiest and ugliest men I've ever seen. I, he is not cute. Some, but I really do think, like, people think that's attractive. But I, no. He, the scene, when he, uh, Blair first goes to his office, I know fully well that Blair is consenting. <laughs> but it comes off so uncomfortable like yeah. rapey and it's just because of what he looks like because of his face his hair oh he's so greasy he reminds me of like half of the kids we went to high school with in their <laughs> ass hair i swear and he like he like brushes out of his eyes and he like does that weird little squint with his eyebrow i'm just like no 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 he's like you want me to close the door and i'm like screaming no blair no he's so grimy and the fact that not one but two of them were like after him at some point i'm like why guys makes sense to me how many of your friends go after the slimy skinny white dude myself included (laughs) ben they're fucking done that Ah, uh, call out. Again, going with the realistic theme. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is realistic. It is painfully realistic, even though he's a fucking creepo weirdo. Yeah, he he's just like a weird, he's like, uh, he's the guy that you see at a party and you're just like, oh, I really hoped he wasn't going to be here. And then you like spend the whole time just like trying to avoid any conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that person. You, you, you went to school with that person. I can think of at least two. <laughs> Sorry to those men. Off of my head, like, oh, they're here? Ugh, come on. Tough day to be them. Um, <laughs> ugh. So, we all know my checklist for a rom-com. Um, you have to have a miscommunication. It has to be funny. Um, bonus points if there's a musical number and it has to make you want to fall in love. That's my, that's my checklist. And my musical number, I don't mean like a literal, like song and dance, like, like this movie, like the truth hurts scene, I classify as musical number. Like, it's just the characters singing at some point doing music at some point it doesn't have to be full glee moment but yes. i i that is definitely big bonus points for me yes. so sandra 
I ask you, what makes a great rom-com for you? It has to be actually funny without being offensive. That is really my number one key component. If you can't be actually funny without being offensive, I won't even consider you. I agree. I think it is something that people don't think about often because they're not people that get made fun of. Or also, you're not taught to look for it. Yeah. Not, oh, classic movie. You watch it, you enjoy it, everyone likes it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, a, it's okay to criticize media. It's okay, mm-hmm. I promise. Because most of it's written by white men. Which leads me to point number two. <gasps> which is connected to point number one. Women have to be making some of the jokes and aren't only the butt of them. That is key. That is key. Yes. I, I agree. Situate its own its own point, but I think it was important enough to note. Like, no, I agree because especially most rom coms are heterosexual couples, and which means that there's a woman, which means that they are fifty percent of the leads, which means they should be making fifty percent of the jokes. You would think that's just math. You would think, but alas. <laughs> No, no, no. It's not what we get all the time. Funny movies written by women. <laughs> um, number three is um, it has to be it has to be romantic. There has to be mm-hmm. some sort of um, romance from both part, like both consenting parties. I don't. I hate the misogynistic like leave your job and life and be with me because it's going to be better and we're going to like. I don't. I don't like that. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want it to be like two people can be of themselves and be themselves, but also, you know, fall in love and they can mm-hmm. have a story, you know, written about it. That's good enough to be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite rom-coms are the ones where you can tell the guy is in love too. Yeah. Ugh. Like it's, it's a relationship. Like they're supposed to both be in love. Like guys fall in love. <laughs> like that's the thing that happens. And I feel like, especially younger younger men like if that's the only things you see in movies and in media like where you're actually learning it not aside from you know the whole porn industry whereas opposite end i'm serious though like the opposite end of the spectrum like those are the two sides you're really like getting like you're getting this hyped up fantasy world in porn and this hyped up fantasy world in romantic comedy movies and it's like None of that is actually realistic if it's not being portrayed realistically. So where, no wonder there's all these horrible men out there. We're blaming the media. I, I, I think the media doesn't take all the blame, but I think when it's the only, for a lot of people, the only way to learn about certain things, especially dependent upon your, you know, your demographic and where you're, where you're actually located, your like access to stuff. Mm-hmm. we need better better ways to you know mm-hmm. see that and actually especially when it comes to love like mm-hmm. like i know guys that are in love and show that they're in love like why can't why can't we have movies about that why can't we have movies about it like i want movies about simps like i like it it's fun to watch and it, it happens it's okay yeah. like, <laughs> woman doesn't always have to be the one pursuing the guy it's all right, right. It's great. Um, anything else? Yes, I do. So 
But another thing that I actually, which I don't particularly love about romantic comedies, but I think it's necessary for one, is, like, it has to have a little bit of corniness. Like, it has to have a couple moments where you're, like, ah, Like, you're, like, it's, like, too sickly sweet. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of those moments in Someone Great is when they're sitting at the fountain and they're, like, can this be our spot? And it's so like, gross. It's so icky. And then she's like, oh, no, don't read my poem. Oh, like, wait, let's look over there. Oh, no, you took my book. Like, so corny, so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, like, it is very sweet. And it is very true to love. There are those sickly sweet moments. Even, like, when you see your friends, like, in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Gross. But, like, I love that you're happy. <laughs> like, relationships are fucking disgusting. But they're cute. But they're so cute. You know what I mean? Fine. I do like. I there has to be a little bit of that in yeah comedy for me. This is a touch of corn. Like if you, as a single person, aren't grossed out by a relationship, it's not a real relationship. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Like I want to be like icked out. I'm gonna totally 100 support it if I'm icked out, but I will be icked out. That's honestly a green flag to me. Yeah. Like, you should be disgusting in, like, and a happy way. I don't want to look, but yeah. also be <laughs> I'm going to be really jealous of it because I don't have it for myself. <laughs> Which brings me to my last part that I think a perfect romantic comedy needs is it has to make you cry. Yeah. Just at, at some point, there has to be tears. Mm -hmm. like, if, that, if that doesn't describe love perfectly, just yeah. a little bit of tears. There's sad tears, there's happy tears. I think that falls in line with my want to fall in love because yes. most of the time if I'm wanting to fall in love by the end of the movie I'm crying because I'm either a so happy for them or b like why the fuck don't I have that yeah like you want that romantic like true like pull you in type of love like you want to be like oh my god fuck tinder what <laughs> bring me the real guys get me a real woman and then you're like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's harder said, uh, harder done than said. Easier said than done is the line that I was looking there. I, I get your vibe. Yep, 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 yep. Um, So based on all of that, would you classify someone great as a rom-com? My original answer is yes. But I do... I really like your distinction between romantic comedies and like the breakup comedy. Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie does fall more in line with that distinction. But I think like if we're going to go broad, I feel like it yeah. would fall into the romantic comedy category. And I think the twist ending where they mm -hmm. don't end together is, you know, I think a good step in the romantic comedy era because I do mm -hmm. think it was a happy ending. I feel yeah. like it was happier that or better off that they broke up in yeah. the end maybe that's just my opinion on the movie maybe other people will disagree <laughs> leave your opinions but <laughs> no I agree I think breakup comms are a sub genre of romantic comedies like if we're gonna get into real nitty-gritty of things I don't think this is a romantic comedy but like and the overarching movies genres like yeah this is a romantic comedy but like the focus of this is not a budding romantic relationship it's not a breakup it it's really not a breakup it's a breakup i call. mean they they tricked me the first time i watched me thinking they're gonna get back together this whole thing is just a ploy to get back together but it 
now that I've watched it multiple, multiple times, like it's not, it's really not about their relationship. It's about mm-hmm. like how she navigates the breakup of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And then we get sprinklings of what they were in the past. Mm-hmm. Like you get those rom-com elements, but it's more like, it, like you said, it's more about the breakup, which is like refreshing because I don't necessarily, like not all couples last. Yeah. Like, I mean, the divorce rate is 50% for a fucking reason. Like, it's depressing, but like. You would be getting married in the first place. It happens. Say no. It's okay to walk the other way down the aisle. Anyone listening? You will survive. Don't worry about the money. If you get the ick, just say no. You might even be able to keep the ring. You never know. Can't hurt to ask. I feel like if you get the ick, just say no applies to so many situations. Not just marriage. Yeah, actually, I might, I might steal my own line. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. If you get the ick, just say no. Say no. You're leaving a party and someone's like, yeah, I can definitely drive. And you saw them take three tequila shots a half an hour ago. You know you got the ick. Mm-hmm. Say no. Mm-hmm. Creepy guy with long hair offers you a tequila shot. Ick. Just say no. It's okay. You can also take it and dump it on his head. Yeah. That or as Sarah gestured behind the shoulder. <laughs> Over the shoulder. Or just dribble it down your front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice cool down the bra. You yeah, know sometimes you get a cool off at a party. <laughs> at the bra, at the bar. <laughs> On your bra at the bar. Yeah. It makes sense. Oh, I, can you tell I haven't been been anywhere social in over a year? It's a mood. Um, so this movie has pretty good ratings as far as like the internet goes. Is a six point of these purposely I'm like interested to know in real time how well we actually did so it's a 6.2 out of 10 on imdb which is five six sevens eights is where rom-coms tend to live i've noticed they're not critically acclaimed movies we know this hmm. the academy does not like rom-coms they don't like a lot of things let's be real they don't like black people either so <laughs> whatever um 82 percent of rotten uh 82 percent of rotten tomatoes gonna be completely honest don't know how rotten tomatoes works but i think that's a good one i was gonna say i feel like that's pretty good i feel like rotten actually pretty harsh yeah um 63 percent on metacritic i also don't know metacritic is but then we go with it and then 88 percent of google users liked it and the Google users one is usually the highest one because it's literally just when you Google the movie, it pops up on the side and you can give it a little like. Yeah. Um, so that one's always, because it's either you like it or you don't as opposed to stars. Right. <laughs> like it or you don't, folks. No other choice here. <laughs> but so it's well-received. Like people like this movie. It's a Netflix original. So the bar is low with a really high outcome. Netflix really does without content like nobody's business and if it doesn't do even slightly as well as some of their best things it gets knocked off and it's gone so I'm I'm actually very shocked that this this has made it so successful that I still frequently see this movie featured Mm -hmm. on the Netflix page it's I mean which, which picture do you get when it's featured on you because I'm always interested to see 
what the Netflix like AI shows up. I usually get the one where it's like the three of them in like that triangle formation yes. with Jenny in front. Sometimes there's the yellow background, I think. I think that's what I get, but let's see. Oh, things are making noise. Let, I'm currently getting ads for a show called Zero Chill because my roommate started watching it and it's an ice skating romantic TV show. Is it like real like real or is it scripted? No, 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 like it's scripted. And I believe it's a hockey player who has to figure skate with a figure skater. Oh. And I oh. might have to watch it. This is giving me Disney Channel original movie vibes. Yes. And I Where search this will all get cut out mine it's oh you know what it's usually this one it's them getting ready like it's them getting ready for neon classic like jenny's doing her hair and they're like in the background mm -hmm. but that like that's definitely what it usually is so it's very interesting i didn't know netflix like picked them based on you until like very based recently that it's, you click on how often you click on it and what it's showing it's when you very interesting to me like my ladybird it like always pops up and it's always timothy chalamet like it's always his face on it it's because i watch things with the hot male lead in it and i, I don't think timothy chalamet is a hot male lead but <laughs> i was gonna say sarah really i didn't think <laughs> no, no, no. but that he like is he the one that like supposedly gave a bunch of people at his college uh sexually transmitted disease yes okay is that true i don't or, know or is that fabricated i feel like you would know that i don't know i'm choosing to believe it's true because i think it's fucking hysterical <laughs> but see i also was seamlessly roped into the jojo siwa goes to fordham drama when I knew she was only 17, and I still was convinced. I was convinced. They trapped me. The internet is it's a wild place. It really robes you into things that aren't true. I just need to say I am a JoJo Siwa stan. Like, I need to let the listeners know. Like, we do stan JoJo jo Siwa in this house. I met JoJo Siwa in high school, maybe? I don't know. She Sounds came like to my dance studio does this like convention thing every year and usually there's some sort of like guest either performer or choreographer and this was the height of her dance mom's career like which is crazy. She was only on dance moms for like two seasons. She was not on but dance moms so for that long. <laughs> but she like really she got that money. But so she her and her mom came to my dance studio's like dance event thing. And I have, there's a group picture. Jojo C was in the middle. You can find me. So. And that was like, I mean, she blew up, blew up, like, yeah. very shortly after that. Yeah. This was probably like 2010, 2011. Like, we were probably freshmen, freshmen, sophomores in high school. Yeah. It was a crazy time. I love Jojo Siwa. I love her. I, like truly 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 there are a few like kid shows that i'm just like oh no there's a few kid characters where i'm just like i can't stand that your kid should never watch that your kid should never subscribe to that your kid should never view that but anytime someone's like oh my kid loves jojo siwa i'm like yes mm -hmm. absolutely 
great role model. She's so wholesome. Product, grab those bobos. Yeah, the bitch just likes bows, like and glitter. And Who cares? And she dances about being mm-hmm. yourself, and yeah. and makes a ton of fucking cash. Makes more money than you'll see in your lifetime just being happy and being a kid. I forget who she was. Oh, you know what? I think it was like one of the Paul brothers. Like it was either Jake or Logan Paul. Like she was on their podcast. Yeah. And she was like, how much money do you think I made in Bose last year? And they were like, I don't know, like thousands, like hundreds of thousands. She, it, it was like $3 million. On just Bose. On just the Bose. She sells so much other shit. She made millions of dollars on hair bows. That's not even counting her like, arts and crafts kits, her spa, her clothing, her, her, her pet merchandise, her nail polish, her other beauty stuff. Like she's fucking everywhere. And then her, her touring, she sells out, she sells out stadiums (laughs) filled, filled. You probably know someone that's gone to a Jojo Siwa concert. You are five, what's that, five steps away? Five, <laughs> six degrees of separation. Jojo Siwa stand. How we got here, I do not know. <laughs> on that note, Sandra, on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate this movie? Okay, I, I really do, I have to give this movie, because I, I rarely love movies enough to watch them multiple mm-hmm. times like, this is a true 10 out of 10 movie for me it's funny without being offensive it's romantic mm-hmm. it it's it's realistic the mm-hmm. characters are actually like funny and well-rounded and have a, a a story arc that makes sense for them like it's a very very well well put together movie it's it's a good movie I'm interested to know your rating, though. I mean, I feel like you, you're you're better at this than me. Like, this is like my favorite movie, so like, obviously, I'm gonna love it. But like, I feel like you were you're gonna be a little bit more critical than I am. So I'm I'm very interested. So, because I don't think it's a rom com, I can't give it a ten out of ten. Right. I I expected. It, it is a ten out of ten movie. I like it is. Everyone should watch this movie. The movie itself is a ten out of ten. On the rom com scale, it's closer like. And eight six. I agree. It's fucking phenomenal. It still has those airs of romantic comedy things. It has like I my issue with this movie is that it doesn't make me want to fall in love because it makes me terrified of love. See, I agree. And I felt like I knew you were gonna say that. I was like, this is a movie that is like, yep, I'm doing the right thing, staying away. It <laughs> I after I saw this movie, I was like, I need to tell all my friends to watch this. And I told my friend Allison to watch this movie. Allison has been with her now fiance since her freshman year of college. Congratulations. The point of this movie had been with him for six years, I think. And I didn't really connect two and two together that that the what the plot of the movie was versus her relationship status. <laughs> A solid loving relationship to watch one of the best breakup movies of all time. And she texted me, she was like, What the fuck? Why did you do this to me? Like, I'm so sorry. But they're they're happily still together. They're engaged. They're doing great things. Healthy, healthy relationship. But 
if you're in a healthy college relationship, maybe don't watch this movie. You might want to cry. Or do. College relationship. See this if I'm I swear, if you don't come out seeing a couple red flags. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe maybe you should watch it. And then you can confirm if you are in the right relationship. Yeah, if you see some of the same things happening and you're like, oh wow, that looks a lot like my relationship. Mm. We're gonna ruin some yeah. relationships with this movie. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I live in the eight point six range, I think. It's still I only have one perfect ten. So far at least. I have another perfect time, but I haven't recorded the episode on it yet. So <laughs> what's your number with Chris Evans and Anna Faris is like my all time favorite rom-com. It's funny. Chris Evans is hot as shit in it. Chris Evans. Oof. There are several Thanks. scenes where he doesn't have a shirt on. Just for no reason. Like he's just for naked. You- but also, I would argue that is exactly the reason. That's true. Yeah. That's and all you need. It takes place in Boston, which I love because most, this movie, um, Someone Great takes place in New York. Most rom-coms are New York based. Yeah. What's your number? Boston. Fucking love it. Um, but that, that's my all-time, like. Boston. Hmm? Or they're just terribly portraying Boston. Like, the accents yeah. are horrendous. Yeah. It's, what's your number? Not a single Boston accent. There's one really bad British accent, but that's on purpose. That's like a gag. <laughs> and Anna Faris, one of her exes um, is Martin Freeman. And when she was dating Martin Freeman, she had him convinced she was British. So she has to keep up the gag. So she has to keep up the gag, but then she gets drunk. Oh. <laughs> she, she does not do well with it. Anna Faris so so hilarious she has her own podcast as well Ooh, i did not know that i'm gonna have to listen to that. she's so funny she's hilarious she's a very like like i don't know how to describe her like her facial expressions are she's very expressive mm-hmm. she's a very like physically funny like she is great physical comedy and it just works like it just works and her her voice she has a very particular voice mm-hmm. And it works so well for her. It does. And it works fantastically What's your number, which is my only 10 out of 10. The only 10 out of 10 so far. <laughs> so far. Next week, spoiler alert, the Broken Hearts Gallery. <gasps> it's a tentative 10 out of 10. It might change, but right now, it's a, it's a 10 out of 10. If you have not seen Broken Hearts Gallery, it's on stars. Ooh. It is Baker Montgomery is the lead. And then the girl, I don't know her name, but she, I don't think she's in anything. She, I think she's like an extra on Booksmart. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, not no, Booksmart. That's oh. a great movie. She's in, um, you know, the movie with John Cena that it's like all the kids are going to prom and they're, they're trying to have sex, but the parents are like trying to intercept them having okay. sex. She's in that movie. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that movie's called. I cannot remember the name of that movie, but as There's soon as eggplant you- emoji. Yeah. But she's in that movie. But it's um, it's kind of breakup commie, but it has like a real rom com centric plot at yeah. the same time. So it's really good. We'll talk about it next week. But um, we just uh, love rom coms. I love them. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here, folks. <laughs> um, any any last thoughts on this movie? 
No, I just really encourage anyone who's listening to watch this movie because I I really, I really am picky. I'm really picky. So when I say something is my favorite, it, it takes a lot. And I think this movie does a really good job, especially if you're someone who like is not looking for your typical, mm-hmm. like typical kind of love story. Like this is going to be a good choice for you. Yeah, it's not mushy gushy. Oh, like it's a little mushy gushy, but it's not like overly well balanced. Yeah, you get it's the funny, good... you get the mushy, you get the realism, and they do a nice little, nice little package tying at the end. <laughs> it's great. Well, Sandra, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I will come back anytime. If would you like to tell the people where to find you on social media? Oh, God. If anyone is interested at all, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Sandra is a mess. I'm pretty much... (laughs) That's where you'll find anything, anything about any of my other um, reviews on movies I post because I'm only at home and watching things. There's nothing else to do right now, so I appreciate it. When I get home from work, it's find something that's going to keep my attention on the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, if you would like to follow Sandra, feel free to follow Sandra. Wish her well um, on life, I guess. I don't know where I was going with that. And if you're not already following Sarah, follow her on all her things. You know, you know, if you're still friends with someone from high school mm-hmm. and you still like each other mm-hmm. and you like each other enough to do a podcast together, you know they're the real deal. So. Yeah. There's very, like, I have my friends from high school, obviously, but there's very few people, like, from high school that, like, I don't hang out with on a regular basis that I'd be like, oh, they're a cool person. Like, I would hang out with them if I had the opportunity to, and Sandra is one of those people. Which, speaking of this, you know, the pandemic is wrapping, wrapping itself up, so I think maybe a club trip (laughs) in the future should be arranged. I want a pregame to karaoke by Lizzo. Huge, huge, huge thank you to Sandra for coming on the podcast to talk about one of her favorite movies, one of my favorite movies. Um, make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, biracial booty on Instagram, biracial underscore booty on Twitter, um, Sarah underscore Thompson 25 on TikTok. Um, I'm posting blogs every single day. And also right now we're doing the Taylor Swift mega March madness bracket. So check in, see what round we're on right now. We're on round three. Um, so you can go and vote for your favorite Taylor Swift songs and we can find out what the number one song is going to be. Um, yeah, I, I just cue the outro, I guess.
business there. 